Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of All Things Football. We got a jam-packed show here for you today. Chase, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Talking quarterbacks, talking NFL, getting a little college ball. I'm ready. Yeah, so today today's a good, it's a good episode. So we're going to talk about here about specifically um, the 49ers quarterback conundrum. All right, they've got um, a quarterback situation on their hands. Um, following up on last week's episode, we have another build your perfect player. And we're going to hit the wide receiver and quarterback position. And then we haven't really talked too much college ball, but this is all things football, right? So we definitely got to include some college ball here. So we're going to bring on um, a guest in front of the show, Andrew Calvin, here a little bit later at the end to talk some college ball, some some conference realignments, some playoff teams, some um position battles so make sure you stay tuned for that so let's go ahead and dive on in and get started this is all things football all righty chase so first some league news here we have um so not so a lot of signings things going on um but um the patriots did signed Devontae Parker to a three-year, $333 million deal. Um, nothing too crazy there, but what are your kind of quick thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think it's good about what he's worth. You know, if wide receivers are getting really overpaid. He's a quality wide receiver, right? He gets a lot of hate from the people in Miami because he could never pull it together. He, he, the one good year he had, he ended it by being injured and missing the next season. So uh, I really liked him coming out of Louisville. I think he's still got some of the tank and the Patriots are desperate for wide receivers. So I think it's a good signing for him. Um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, they have him, they got Juju, um, you know, not the yeah. best, not the best <laughs> kind of receiver, kind of, kind of like the old hats of the NFL, right? Some, some players that have been in the league for a while now that have shown flashes of being good, but also have been, you know, dealing with injuries and stuff like that. So um, it's just hard to be successful whenever you have a, um, a beat up wide receiver room. So it's it's not overpaying by any means compared to what most of these receivers are getting. So I think it's a solid deal. You gotta you gotta find receivers. You gotta keep them there. Um, we'll see what happens if they're able to land D Hop. But um, um, I think that's a pretty a pretty basic signing. Not. If it was anywhere else in the season, we probably wouldn't even cover it. But since we're in the dry yeah. spell, um, yeah. just wanted to touch on that. Um, let's talk about um, one of our favorite tight ends, and that's Travis Kelsey. So he recently did this um, interview, photo shoot, or whatever. I don't know what you call it, with Vanity Fair. Um, and there were some comments in there <laughs> about kind of his salary and, and being underpaid. So I want to go ahead and read this here. Sure. This is a quote here from, from Kelsey. Um, my managers and agents love to tell me how underpaid I am. Anytime I talk about wanting more money, they're just like, why don't you go to the Chiefs and ask them? When I saw Tyreek go and get $30 million a year, in the back of my head, I was like, man, that's two to three times what I'm making right now. The free market looks like fun until you go somewhere and you don't win. I love winning. I love the situation. I'm in. So those were Travis Kelsey's thoughts on being underpaid um, in his Vanity Fair interview. What are your thoughts, Chase, on, on Kelsey being underpaid? Yeah, yeah uh, Kelsey was just on uh, 
part of my take with uh, Barstool, part of my take when they were doing tight end U. And they kind of asked him about the tight end position. They asked George Kittle. He was on there. Right. And they they don't make the money that other people make. Right. Left tackles make significantly more. And, they, you know, and they're blocking uh, tight ends are asked to do that. Wide receivers, you're seeing the wide receiver boom where these wide receivers are making quarterback money now. You know, with Devontae or uh, yeah, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup's going to get a big deal here. Jamar's coming up. Jefferson, I can only imagine what they'll give him. But tight ends, they don't have that market yet. Even Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, these guys that are the top end, they're not making the market value of what these other people are doing. But the thing that I'd say is he's got the right attitude about it, right? Who cares, you know, if he gets uh, $4 million more million than what he's making now? He's already making millions. It's not like they're shortchanging him. He, I think he is still up there as one of the highest paid tight ends in the league. And he's in a situation he likes with a quarterback that feeds him the ball, with a coach that designs plays for him. I couldn't imagine a better, you know, going to get more money and going to a team like Green Bay or a team like New Orleans who doesn't really use a tight end like that. Yeah, I mean, is is Travis Kelsey worth the contract of Tyree Kill? I, I would say yes. I mean, you're the main focal yeah. point of, of the offense. You've proved your worth, especially to the Chiefs, that you are more important to the success of that team than Tyree Kill is. And if Tyree Kill is getting paid that money, why aren't you, right? So is he worth that kind of money? Yes. Um, but is the tight end position worth that kind of money? And then the answer would be would be no. Yeah. Um, there are very few tight ends like Travis Kelsey in the league. You named a couple of them, and very even fewer that are used in the role that he's used in, right? And so that's largely what makes Kelsey so great. Is one, he's uber talented, but two, he's with Andy Reid, and the play styling that with him. And Mahomes is what takes him up to the other level. Obviously, yeah. he was doing that stuff way before Mahomes got there. Um, but coupled with Mahomes, it's just elevating that even more. So if you if you take that away, right, he's kind of realizing exactly what happened with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill wanted the money, and he didn't get another Super Bowl. He could have maybe had another Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Who knows? He wasn't able to get that. Will he get it with the yeah. Dolphins? Who's the same? But as of right now, you know, Kelsey's got two rings. Tyreek Hill only has one is because he'll chase the money. Travis Kelsey didn't, right? Kelsey understands that going to another t- – the grass ain't always greener on the other side, right? Exactly. And he's wise enough to understand that, um, and he just prefers winning over, over the money. I mean, I think he's making like $14 million. So it's not like he's making, you know, exactly. you know like the league minimum or something like that for the tight end position. Um, but – I think another thing is too, just the way the Titans are, you know, every position has their personalities, right? And I think as far as it's the position, like the personalities at the Titan position, they're not the ones that are out there like stomping their feet or sitting out or something like that to get more money. That's just kind of not the personality of them. So I think if they did that, like if they pushed the envelope of Kelsey Kittle, you know, if they went to push the envelope, they could raise the bar for Titans and whole. But that's just not the kind of personalities that they are. They're comfortable making what they're making because it keeps them on a team with the best chance to be successful. Yeah. The the other thing Travis Kelsey understands as a veteran is the fact that if he makes those money, some some other position's going to suffer. Right. He's been in the league. He's got, you know, it's not like he's broke. He's been in the league with this, you know, making making this type of money for how many years now? 
So he knows that if he just takes more money, all of a sudden your cornerback walks, right? Or your left tackle, you can't pay a left quality left tackle to come in there. So I, I think he is, he's just a smart guy. He's, you know, he's made a personality for him where he's going to get endorsement deals and stuff like that. And uh, I, I, I like the part that you said about the tight ends, the position, right? This is the best tight end draft we've ever seen. And only one of them went in the first round. It's the position's not at that level yet to get to demand or get those big bucks. And Kelsey knows that. He does. He does. So um, it's the guy that puts winning over everything. So happy he's happy. He's on my team for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, staying here with the chiefs. So the, the chiefs and the dolphins, um, they have their matchup in Germany and tickets went on sale the other day and sold out in just 50, 15 minutes there were over a million people in the queue trying to get tickets to that game in germany huge demand to see the nfl in germany what are your thoughts on i mean that's like that's like a taylor swift concert those were people waiting millions of people to go to a taylor swift concert you got the germans over here trying to go to a football game a million yeah. of them that's insane yeah yeah that's awesome that the game of football is stretched over there you know it's an american game you know there's American football, right? But uh, that it's stretched over there. I And uh, the other thing is, what a great game. We've talked about it when we did the schedule. Go back and, and release that if you, you know, listen to that. If you want to talk, you know, our thoughts on this game. But this is a great game to put. If people are already hungry for football, let's give them the matchup of the century, right? With two of the, two of the highest, you know, flying scoring offenses, uh, two great coaches, Tyreek Hill's playing against his his team that, that he left and just a, a great matchup. I think it's awesome. My only problem with it is, man, that that start time is just brutal over here in America, right? They, they play, I think it starts at like eight o'clock in Iowa. I don't know what time, you know, it starts everywhere else, but that's, that's a hard game to watch, you know, when you're, when you, you know, you got church or you're sleeping in, you know, from the weekend or whatever, whatever you're doing on a, on a Sunday morning, but normally it's not, tuning in to watch a football game, especially if this dynamic, normally this is reserved for more of a night game, but that's my only problem with Germany football. Yeah, for sure. But um, it's, this is what the NFL wants, right? The NFL wants yes. more money. And so they're going to put more of these marquee matchups overseas, especially as they're opening up in Germany. You saw some of the London games, right? Not really any big London games, except for the Jaguars and Bills. That could potentially be a big one. Um, but so here opening up in Germany, you know, having, you know, Dolphins and Chiefs, um, especially because Chiefs um, are one of the only teams that are able to market in Germany. So it's I know it's good for them, too, which is I'm assuming why they're playing there. Um, but um, so, I mean, so it's, it's what the league wants. And so what I what I like about it is that just means the league is going to be able to generate more and more revenue. Yes. yes, we have to sacrifice some games, right? Um, some big time games to be played at, like you say, like eight or nine in the morning. So that's unfortunate. But the bigger picture is the more revenue the league can make, then the higher the salary cap can go. Mm -hmm. And that means the more, you know, you can sign, extend your star players, plus have more money to go out and get more star players. Like the, the higher the salary, like higher and higher, you know, the, the more money the league makes, the higher that salary cap is going to be able to go, which means you're going to be able to, I mean, there's already super teams in the NFL, you can you could say, but this is going to even going to make it go up even more. So we're going to have like three or four, I think, su super teams, kind of like we see in basketball, 
Um, and it's going to be harder. It's going to be harder to, to parody it because they're going to, that salary cap is going to go up, but I'm a big fan of the salary cap going up because I want these guys to stay on my team and get paid and have more people come over. Um, especially now with the salary cap with the chiefs, I think we're like, we only have like $300,000 left. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's cool. Um, and it's, it's exciting, you know, especially, you know, for German fans of football, I can, I can only imagine like having to, you know, love a sport, but not ever get a chance to go and see it live. Uh, you have to watch it on the TV. And at their, at their time, it's some ungodly hour, probably in the middle of the night at like two in the morning. So like, are they really watching every single game? They probably have to record it or just check the highlights. And so, so that's tough. So I'm not a big fan personally of the, of the international games. I, I'd rather we don't have them. Um, but I'm trying to see the positive. So I think, you know, having the salary cap increase due to league revenue, I think will be a good benefit overall. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that 15 minutes, you know, we've talked about, you know, you mentioned that that is crazy. I wonder when I think Tom, Tom Brady's Buccaneers played the saints last year in, in Munich, Germany, if I'm correct. I wonder if that one sold out just as fast or if it's just because it's the, you know, the league, you know, uh, Super Bowl MVP, MVP going over there. I wonder, you know, if that sold more tickets than than Tom Brady and the Saints did last year. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, I would say, because I don't remember them saying anything about tickets selling out within yeah. 15 minutes last year. So I would say, I mean, I, you know, don't quote me on it, but I think it's safe to say that that didn't happen. Yeah, I think it was the Bucks and Seahawks um, that that. Oh, played. was it the Bucks and Seahawks? Yeah, I think it was the Bucks and Seahawks. So definitely. Um, oh, it was. Yep. Bucks and Seahawks. So definitely more of a better matchup, I think, with. Um, yeah. with Dolphins and Chiefs so maybe more you know more likely to be booked I guess or you know people yeah. want to go um, but yeah, I don't remember hearing anything about 15 minutes so I think it's yeah. safe to assume that this is probably the fastest time any NFL game has has sold out minus probably Tom Brady's return to yeah. um, that one was crazy to, to Foxborough yeah um okay well that kind of wraps up some of the league news um here not not a lot going on but um um something to watch i know the the match so as we're recording this on a thursday night the match is going on so mahomes and kelsey versus clay and and steph were you i know you're a big golf guy were you watching any of that i i I hadn't tuned into it yet okay yeah i'm i watched it when rogers was there but oh gotcha yeah i mean i i I can't stand golf so i'm not watching that at all but i've seen a couple clips you know on on, online and stuff like that so looks like they're they're having a good time but um uh, you're, you're supposed to help us out with that, Chase. You're the golf guy. My bad. My bad. I was golfing. Oh, I just got oh, back from that golfing. So. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's go ahead and move on here. I know we were talking about the 49ers quarterback conundrum. Um, so in a recent update here, um, so per Tom Pilicero of NFL Network, that so Brock Purdy is actually throwing with his quarterback coach and an orthopedic specialist. Um, in Jacksonville here in the next couple weeks. And all signs are showing that he's progressing through his rehab and that he's going to be good to start the 2023 season. So the question, Chase, is if Puri is completely healthy to start week one, should he be the starting quarterback? This is throwing me for a loop. And I think if, I think it's a big if, if he is actually 100%, I'd, I'd start him. But the problem is, is Matthew Stafford was a hundred percent going into this season and he just ruined his arm. Well, he might never be the same. Right. So, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, 
if that's a, when you have the quarterbacks that the, the Niners have right now, and right, the luxury of that system, I don't know if throwing him back in there, if he's not a hundred, you know, a hundred, hundred percent guy. Cause I think, you know, Brock Purdy's injury, it was as random as it was, it was a big one. He, you know, George Kittle has talked about on the podcast, just, I think last Friday with PMT that uh, Purdy couldn't even grip a football. He had no pressure in his fingertips. So it's literally just out there to take knees and hand it off to Christian McCaffrey when he came back out. So this is a pretty big deal. And they picked up Sam Darnold in the offseason, which I actually would go to as my number two guy. Right. And Sam Darnold has proven that he has average. You know, he's an average quarterback. The Jets, he was under bad coaching and he went down to uh, Carolina and he did decent for Carolina. Right. They replaced him with Baker, but he can't kind of fought back through that. For the ha first half of 2021, Sam Darnold looked nuts, right? He had like, what, six rushing touchdowns in five games, and the Panthers were undefeated. He was going crazy, and then he kind of came back down to earth. But I think he has the ability to do that again with the Niners. And I think uh, the Niners have a good problem here with too many quarterbacks that they could plug in. Uh, yeah, it's um, – and – and I mean, honestly, if you, if you think about it, right. I mean, obviously the scenario of like three quarterbacks going down in this season is just so unfathomable and so such an outlier, but yeah, it can happen. Right. So the more quality players you have at the most important position, you know, the better. Right? I think that's the reason why they went and got Sam Dar, right? Jimmy G left. So I wanted to bring a guy in there that could be able to, you know, manage the system and still play at a fairly high level enough for them, the way they run their system. You know, with, with Sam Darnold, I've never, I've never been a, a Sam Darnold guy. Didn't like him at USC coming out of college. Um, obviously, you know, with the, just like what you said, I've I just never been a big fan of his. I think he could have, you know, a decent amount of success though in the Shanahan system. But if Purdy is the is healthy week one, then yeah, I'd start him, no question at all. I mean, the way he he stepped in. You know, and, and finish the season, carry them to the NFC Championship game, playing at a playing at a high level, right? It wasn't like he, you know, he he helped them win, right? And so um, that's what I'm looking at. This, I think you you have to roll. I think you have to roll Brock pretty. And I think the toughest thing to do as as a, a team, as an owner, or as a GM, is admitting that you know you were wrong and you messed up. Um. But you have to you have to let Trey Lance go. Yeah. Um, I mean, you traded the world for him, and this is and I want to make it clear this is not Trey Lance's fault, right? He was the starting guy last year. It's not his fault that he got hurt. But you saw the success that you have with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is dirt cheap. I mean, it's Mister Relevant. Like, what is what he can't he can't be making like what a million dollars like if that? Yeah. Like and what you're what you're having to pay Trey Lance for being the number three pick and he's not even playing at all like that's just mind boggling in and of itself. Um, but you you just got to turn over that. I know there's not really like a big trade market, I guess, for Trey Lance. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I don't think I necessarily believe that. Um, I, I don't see why there wouldn't be a trade market for Trey Lance. I mean, you're not going to get anything close to what they had to trade to go up and get him. You're not even going to get a first rounder for him just because of the fact he hasn't played at all. Um, yeah. Right. But you can at least get something, get his money off the books, you know, get more talent in there, you know, pay other players. But um, I think, um, I think you have to move off, off from Trey Lance. And obviously if you, if you can't, then, then you can't. And he's on the team. 
Um, but um, I, I think you roll with Brock Purdy. I don't think you look back. No, no, I agree. This the Trey Lance thing. It it you know, it's a stab in the in the Niners' heart, right? They were you know this team. Could you imagine if Trey Lance would have hit? You know, they they would be unstoppable. And I was a Trey Lance truther, truther going into last year, and then the report came out that he was on the trade block report came out that he didn't, you know, that there was zero interest in him in the trade block that he's taken third team reps during the mini camp. It's just, or second team. Cause Purdy didn't, you know, take any reps. Darnold was taking first team. He was with second team, but it's crazy that, that this guy has uh, fallen out of favor kind of with the coaching staff. So I, I bite the bullet there, trade him for what you can, a third, maybe a fourth rounder, see, you know, try to give him a change of scenery and I wonder if the 49ers just aren't very good with the trade. Because remember, there wasn't a trade market for Jimmy G when they tried to move him last offseason either. And then all of a sudden, he goes out and signs a $72 million deal. Obviously, that was with the worst, one of the worst run organizations in pro football. But still, there was that, you know, you're telling me that, that there, no one would even offer a, a fourth round for Jimmy G, but he can get a $72 million deal in the offseason. So I wonder if the Niners are, are kind of keeping him close to the vest, saying they want nice compensation for him. And that's why there's no trade happening. I think it's more likely that than actually teams being like, nah, we don't want to take a shot on the young guy. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I don't think I believe that there's no trade value for him um, either. Um, it's crazy though, how injuries can just change the course of a player's life, change the course of a, of a team's life and the NFL. I mean, Tom Brady, right? We have Tom Brady because of an injury. Yes. Drew Bledsoe doesn't go down. I mean, maybe we get Brady eventually, but who, I mean, who knows what happened, right? Um, just injuries just have a crazy way of, of affecting um, everything. And so we'll see how, how this one plays out. But uh, I'm a Purdy truther. Um, I love Brock Purdy. I love what he did with, with, with that team last year. Uh, I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. If, if he's healthy, they win the NFC Championship game and they're playing in the Super Bowl. Yes, I agree. With um, that. I totally agree with that. But um well, there you go. So, so the 49ers do have a little bit of, um, I guess I don't, I don't think it really, it's that big of a conundrum. You know, if Purdy's healthy, he starts, if he's not, then you go with, you know, whoever you want as second, if it's Darnold or Trey Lance, you know, you roll one out there. Um, the only problem is, is I think if you roll just real quick, if you roll Lance out there and he does good, that becomes even more of a problem than if you roll Darnold out there and he does good, because you, know, you can say with Darnold, it's like, okay, whatever. Like we just signed him as like a backup. If he comes in, plays his backup role until we get our starter back, okay, that's fine. That's what a backup role is supposed to do, right? Play well until the starter can come back. But when Trey Lance, if Trey Lance comes back and he's a starter and he just balls out, then things get a, little, a lot more crazy and actually yes. become more of a conundrum, I think, there. So we'll see We'll see how that plays out. We'll see how Purdy is trending there if he can start week one. But um, definitely keep our eye um, on that situation. Yep. Okay, well, let's move on here to building your perfect player wide receiver edition here first, Chase. So um, go ahead and hit me. So um, go ahead and give the attributes here that we're doing, Chase, and then hit me with your with your perfect build. Sure. Yep. So the the attributes that we picked for wide receiver are the build of them, their speed, their release off the line of scrimmage, their route running, their hands, and then their catch radius. And we thought that kind of summed up the wide receiver pretty well. So I'll hit you with mine here for my build. I went DK Metcalf. I think that's the easiest one. That guy's huge, muscular. I mean, just everything you want. Speed is another, yeah. Speed is another easy one. Tyreek Hill. 
guy's got to be the fastest player in the NFL. How do you not put him there? The release, I went with Devontae Adams. His get off off the line is incredible. Route running, I went with Stephon Diggs. For hands, I went with Justin Jefferson. And then the catch radius was my hardest one, but I settled on Mike Evans. I think that guy catches everything thrown at him. He goes up and gets it. He falls on his knees to get it. It's just black hole when it comes to catching the ball. Yeah, no, um, for, no, a hundred percent. Let me give you mine here real quick, and we can talk yeah. about it real quick. So for my build, I went with Megatron. Okay, um, dude's just a baller. I mean, six five, like what, two thirty, two forty. I mean, just just an insane, yeah. just insane, huge guy. And that was why he was so good because you could just tower over the DBs because mm-hmm. DBs are are smaller in general, so you could just tower over them. Speed, obviously, I went Tyreek Kill. Um, for release. Actually went Brandon Cooks Ooh. here for release. Um, I don't. I mean, Brandon Cooks when he when he first came out of college, I think he got a lot more hype than he does now, and rightfully so. But he holds the fastest six yard shuttle time of the combine, and he's tied for first in the twenty yard shuttle. So, dude is quick feet, yes. fast feet. Um, route running, I this is where I went. Devonte Adams here. Um, sure. Hands, I went uh, Justin Jefferson. And then catch radius. I was I was honestly in between uh, Mike Evans, and then I went with DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Um, but I was either way I could have gone either D Hop or Mike Evans. Um, but I just um, honestly what I did to to switch the to get me to do D Hop is I just put in D Hop highlights, Mike Evans highlights, and there was more D Hop highlights of him just making these insane, incredible like yes. catches. Um, to me, I was like, okay, then that's just. You know, that's just to me. So, but I'm definitely not mad about Mike Evans at all. I I would have put in there if, if for some reason, you know, either way for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm looking at your list and you know, there's, there's nothing that stands out. Um, D hop. I, I had D hop as my number two. I just thought Mike Evans with the quarterback, I know D hop has had worse quarterbacks, but the quarterback play with, you know, and the, the amount of yards he's put up just because he can go up and get the ball. That's why I went with him. His, his, you know, seems like that dude's got a ladder. You know, you, you hear that a lot when you talk about wide receivers and he really does. He's got like four different levels of height that he can reach. And then I wanted to put Adams. I believe Adams is the best route runner in the NFL, but as a Green Bay Packer fan and breaking down his tape, I think his get off is just amazing. I think that's what gives him the opportunity to get the routes. Brandon Cooks, I'm not bad about. I think Brandon Cooks is severely underrated in the NFL right now. I think, you know, he, he's not as good as he used to be, but he's not as bad as what he gets traded for, right? That guy, I think we just view him as bad because of how many times he's been on different teams, but he's uh-huh. been he's been almost elite on every team. So I think he's kind of underrated. And then Calvin Johnson, you can't go wrong with Calvin Johnson. That guy's can't go wrong with the insane. Megatron. Yeah. So can't go wrong with it. Um, yeah, no, I like it. Those are pretty, those are pretty good, pretty good wide receivers. I mean, route running too. There's some good route. I mean, yes. route running. I mean, Brandon Ayuk is a really good route runner. Deontay Johnson is a really good route runner. A lot of these guys that just kind of go under the radar just because they're not superstar yes. players because they're not necessarily catching these dynamic passes or making these insane catches, but their route running is, is very good. So a lot of different ways, you know, that you could go there and then still make a high quality player. But, um, um, yeah. Gotta have a little bit of glad to have a little bit of Devonte in, in our receiver. Can't, yeah, he's gotta be. You can't. can't he's gotta out, be somewhere. Can't miss out on it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think there was there's three players. You had to have Tyreek, you had to have Devontae, and you had to have Justin Jefferson. No matter kind of how you slighted those, you those three are the hands down the best wide receivers. You had to have them. Funny enough, you're looking at our list, Jamar Chase is nowhere. Nowhere. You know, Jamar Jamar's a heck of a wide receiver, but is he really elite? You know, does he stand, you know, does the attribute stand out at any one area or is he just, you know, amazing at all, everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, um, I, I agree. I think he's, he's like overall, like very talented, but if you isolated just like one specific thing, I think he's probably beat out by several other wide receivers. Um, yeah, no, when I... you select that one of these specific attributes. That's interesting. But, uh, so. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, let's go to ahead. Um, let's go to quarterbacks here. We're gonna build yeah. our own perfect quarterback here. So this is this is the big Kahuna, right? The most important position here um, on the field. So, um, um, go ahead, Chase. Give me your give me your perfect quarterback build. Sure. Let me run through the uh, attributes real oh, fast. We went with yeah, yeah. build, throw mechanics, pocket presence, accuracy, arm strength decision-making and improbability. And let me explain improbability real fast because I think I made that word up, but it's the ability to get out of the pocket and kind of improv or, uh, you know, extend the play, right? You know, that's all the elite quarterbacks have the ability to do that. So I thought that would be pretty important to put in for the QBs. So let me run you through what I just uh, discuss the build one kind of threw me off. There's a lot of, of, of uh, six, six huge quarterbacks in the league. So I went, I, and I used them other places and we didn't want to double dip on any players. So I went with a young gun. I went with Anthony Richardson. He is 6'5", 250. I mean, just shredded beyond all belief. The dude is built like, you know, like an NFL player, like a football player you would see on TV, right? If he's playing an NFL football player, that's what you would think that, you know, have him in the locker room of like a Disney channel show or something. So I went with him with my build. My throw mechanics, I went with Justin Herbert. I think he has the best mechanics in the game. I think there's no way that he doesn't go back and teach other quarterbacks when he retires. He's definitely going to do that. His mechanics is too perfect not to do it. Pocket presence, I went with, this might be a little sleeper, but I think this guy's the best pocket presence in the NFL. I thought he had it day one, even though he started out pretty rough. Trevor Lawrence. That guy knows where he's at in the pocket at all times, man. He's some of the things he steps up, even he'll step up and put it in the ground, but he just stepped up out of pressure that he shouldn't have been able to see. It's like he got eyes in the back of his head or something. Accuracy. I went with the reigning MVP, Patrick Mahomes. The dude puts the ball wherever he wants. You know, he's accurate, whether it's sidearm, you know, uh, left-handed, the dude's just accurate kind of, and he also sprinkles the ball throughout, right? He doesn't favor one target. Obviously, Kelsey gets a lot of targets, but there's a lot of other players and that you have to take accuracy to get the ball into different players, you know, height, different catch radiuses and stuff like that. I was thinking about Tua just because of that uh, comment that Tyreek made, said that Tua is more accurate with it, but I ended up with Pat. Arm strength, I went with Josh Allen. I do believe he has the strongest arm in the NFL. I don't even think that's, you know, he had the strongest arm ever measured at the combine. I don't know how that's debated still. Decision-making, I went with the best touchdown-to-interception ratio in NFL history, Aaron Rodgers. And then improbability, I went with Russell Wilson. Even though how bad he was last year, the dude extends plays outside of the pocket better than anyone. A lot of it is just let Russ cook. That's kind of where that whole hashtag came from, is him just running around. And half of that was because Seattle's offensive line was just so bad. You know, he had to do that to, to make a pass. But his ability to do it, you know, his ability to do it got Zach Wilson drafted second overall. 
because they've seen that in Zach Wilson. And they're like, hey, we can turn him into Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson. And of course, we all learn Zach Wilson's not. But there's my list. I'm sure that this might differ a little bit, right? QB is kind of a, a very uh, drastic topic. Either you love him or you hate him. I um, mean, yeah, so I mean, there are some differences, but also some similarities. So I'll give you mine here. Um, so my build, um, I went kind of similar, just kind of a carbon copy, I guess, the the original, I guess you could say. I went with yeah. Cam Newton. All right. I was... Yeah, so I went Cam Newton, 6'5", 250. I mean, you know, pretty much the same build as Anthony Richardson. Yeah. But um, I went with that because, you know, he's he's big enough to where you can dish it, but you can also take it. Yes. Right? And he's not really going to be, you know, he's got the build where it's not super fragile, where you can take hits, but you can also, you know, run the ball and and, and give. And we know how how successful um, Cam was whenever um, you know, he was doing that. Um, throw mechanics, I agree with you, one hundred and twenty percent. Justin Herbert all day, beautiful, yes. beautiful from I mean, from start to finish, just just beautiful. Um, pocket presence, I, I went with Tom Brady. Um, okay. I dab a little bit in here, but I just think. Um, I, maybe pocket presence isn't the right way. Maybe it's more of like kind of like a, an IQ type of thing, but just where he's able to kind of know what's going on around him and where to get the ball out to. Um, so I went with Tom Brady there for pocket presence. Accuracy, um, this was a hard one for me. I actually went Joe Burrow um, here with accuracy. And just because as of right now, he's the NFL leader all time in completion percentage. Um, and so in order to have that, you have to be accurate throwing the football. Um, and that's kind of where, where I kind of got that from arm strength. I did Josh Allen as well. Um, decision-making I did Aaron Rodgers as well. Um, no really need to, to add on to any of those two. And then in probability, this is where I have Patrick Mahomes. Perfect. Um, cause I disagree with you when you said nobody does it better. We're talking about rest cause nobody does it better than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you, you literally talk about throw out, hit the highlight reel and it's literally Mahomes scrambling in the pocket, improvising something, some left-handed throw, some sidearm throw, some sure. spin around toss in the back of the end zone. Like it's always something with him running around. Like rarely are his highlights, just him dropping back in the pocket. It's yeah. always, it, it, it's always running around, um, creating stuff um, out of nothing. Um, and so, and that's, it's really not necessarily when he's at his best. He's very good within the pocket as well. That was something that a narrative that was going around, like whenever he's in the pocket, he's not very good, but that was easily dispelled with statistics because t- yeah. statistics exist and they're a real thing. <laughs> um, but it's just hard to, to like kind of look at that. And whenever we just see him running around and making these incredible plays, you know, running around outside of the pocket. So um, that was, that was my, um, that was my perfect quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's, it's, you know, we, we do the same thing again, where we picked, you know, the build Anthony Richardson, Cam Newton, their exact same build basically. Right. I just went with the newer model cause I'm in love with, you know, I'm on the Richardson train. I not the funny part is, is I as a Cam Newton truther fell in love with Cam Newton too. So probably the same with Cam. Then uh, Tom Brady, the pocket presence. When I thought of pocket presence, I thought about running around in the pocket step, you know, moving left or right based on where the pocket was collapsing. Once you said that, Tom Brady's great at just he knows what time he has to get the ball out, right? He knows if he has the time to hold a ball for a really long time, you know, and get that thing or if pocket's failing and, and dish it back down to an Aaron Mandola or an Edelman. So I, I'm not mad at that at all. Actually, I'm not mad at any of the lists, but that, you know, I didn't really think of Tom at first. And then when you said that, the wheels kind of turned and I agree with you. And then accuracy, Joe Burrow, you know, I didn't have him on my list because there's too many good quarterbacks in the league, but I'm not mad. I think Joe Burrow is a heck of a quarterback. He was in my top five when we ranked him. 
Um, and then the improbability with Pat Mahomes, I, I see what you mean. I don't, I'm not disagreeing at all, right? They even in, invented, the. they made a new animation in Madden where if you run out of the pocket with Mahomes, he does the Superman throw. <laughs> the super so I, mean, I, just, I just, I just can't, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just can't get the, the Russ, it was like every play with Russ, right? There was no pocket play with Russ. Every play was him turning around and running backwards until you got out of the pocket. So that's why I went with him over Russ and I picked, you know, I used Mahomes on my list. Same with the wide receivers. There's a couple quarterbacks that you have to have on your list herbert allen mahomes rogers i think those guys are, are elite at at least a trait in the nfl everyone else you know like the joe burrows trevor lawrence's you know we didn't use the mar but because we didn't put anything about speed or agility if he was there i'm sure he would be our pick but uh those guys are kind of interchangeable elite status kind of like we talked about jamar chase elite status but you know do they excel at anything or are they just elite so yeah. Well, there we go. Those are our perfect builds for wide receiver and quarterback. Let us know here in the comments what you think. Um, what's your perfect build? Um, 